Ladies and gentlemen, the editor of the Illyria Weekly Gazette, Mr. Will Rogers, Jr. Thank you. You know, we had an important visitor through Illyria the other day. Big diplomat, just back from a meeting. And he told me, these international conferences are just like Arkansas political conventions. Only the food is fancier. Rogers of the Gazette, offering you again tonight, transcribed, another heartwarming story of a country newspaper and its friendly editor, and starring Will Rogers, Jr. One of the biggest differences between a city and a small town is the degree of nearness. Nearness about everything. In a city, you can be as much a part of its activities and interests and enterprises as you want to. Or you can be as remote as you choose. But in a small town, the choice isn't yours to make, really. Distances, people, the doings of the town, its triumphs and its tragedies. All this is nearer. City people put it this way. Everybody knows your business in a small town. To which small town people reply, But it's wonderful to have your friends close by. You're never lonely in a small town. Well, there's room for this difference of opinion. If it didn't exist, we wouldn't have small towns like Illyria. And we wouldn't know people like Will Rogers and Maggie Button. So the plan now is to have it at the church with picnic tables and the outside games on the side lawn. Then if it should rain or turn cold, we can always go inside and have everything in the church basement. Hmm. I'd like to see that. Sack race, tug of war, and baseball game in the church basement. Well, it might get messy, but no one at the meeting could come up with a better idea. That's a darn shame. You know, O'Leary ought to have a pavilion or a youth center or some kind of a recreation hall. You think you can get one built by Saturday? I kind of doubt it. (laughs) (laughs) Right now, I'll just settle for a good crowd on Saturday. I think people will come, Will. They ought to. What did they decide about the food? They're going to auction off box suppers to the grown-ups. Have to raise money some way. But they're still going to furnish hot dogs and hamburgers to the kids. Everybody bring a box supper for the auction? Just the women. And the men bid for them, and the highest bidder gets to eat with the lady who made the supper? It's always been that way as far as I know. Just wondered if they were operating under any new rules. Well, that's a tricky business, you know. First off, a man never knows whether the food's going to be worth eating, and after that, he never knows whether the lady that fixed it is going to be worth eating it with. That's (laughs) part of the fun, the surprise. Haven't got a thing in the world against a surprise, but I don't like a shock. Especially with my evening meal. What do you mean a shock? Oh, no. I'd count Letty Parmenter a shock. Will Rogers. Letty Parmenter is just as nice as she can be. And she's never done a thing to you. She doesn't do a thing for me, either. (laughs) Which is more or less my point. Well. (laughs) I know she's a grand girl and all that. But that infernal giggle of hers is enough to set a man off. Well, Letty's shy. I think she sort of likes you. That's why she giggled so much when you were on. Well, you don't have to take off that way on my account. I saw her at the meeting. 
She asked especially if you were coming Saturday. She did not. She did, too. Well, now, why on earth would she ask a thing like that? I told you. I think she likes you. Will you stop saying that? Anytime you stop asking me. <laughs> I wonder if John took any calls while we were out. Why don't you check him on that, Maggie? I want to call Doc and... Now, what's all this about? Well, what is it? Well, it was the editorial I wrote for this week. Wait till I talk to that John. John, doggone it, did you foul up this editorial of mine? Nope. What do you mean, no? This is your writing all over the margins, isn't it? And your proof marks all the way through it. Yep. Those are mine. Well, what'd you say nope for? Hey, yes, did I foul up your editorial? I didn't. You did. You didn't like the editorial, is that it? That's it. Well, now, that's just great. Because I don't give a hoot whether you liked it or not. And all... John, will you turn off that press a minute? Now, John, I know you've got the interest of the paper at heart and all that. And I appreciate the writing you do for it and the copy reading and all. But you leave my editorials alone. I got work to do. Well, then you just do it and leave my work to me. When an editorial is forceful and clear, I will leave it to you. John, I tell you... Sometimes you make me so dead blame mad. Now, you just simmer down and mind who you're talking to. I've been pretty patient with you, all things considered. Every so often I think you're going to make the grade and then you turn around and write a watered-down, pussy-footing thing like that. Why, you're lucky I even set it up for you. Now, John, what's wrong with it? Well, I ought to just make you sit with it quiet for a while and figure the answer for yourself, only there isn't time for that. We need a good editorial. And I haven't got time to do everything around here. I'd settle right now if you'd just print the paper. Point one. You call this shindig coming up Saturday night a benefit for the boys at Willoughby Farm. Well, that's what it is. All the money that's raised goes to feed and clothe the boys for the coming year. Now, if that's not a benefit, I don't know what it is. Yeah, point two. You don't know what it is. Folks who read that drivel of yours, they're going to feel holier than thou. A few of them will come and spend a little wad of their money and feel like they've done their bit. Is that what you want? Sure, I want folks to come and spend their money. Well, then get them there, the whole blessed town. And, and if you folks from the county, tell them who the benefit's really for. It, not for those 12 orphan boys who live and work at Willoughby Farm. Yes, it is, oh, John. young, darn fool. The benefit's for Elyria. Can't you see that? Benefit in taxes they won't have to pay because these 12 boys won't ever be delinquent. That's just the beginning of the benefit to the town, but it's one they'll understand. Well, uh, you think I should shame folks into coming? Oh, if that approach makes them feel shame, then it's the guilt of their own conscience. All in the wide world this town does for those boys is to hold this shindig once a year and pat the boys on the head and give them the proceeds, which uh, Cora Willoughby will tell you if you inquire doesn't begin to cover the expenses of operating the farm. Are you sure about that, John? I'm a newspaper man. I don't say or print anything I don't know for sure. And for sure, no one has gone out to Willoughby Farm to see how they were getting on since the last measly box supper, except Doc. Now, get out of here and write something that hits home. I got work to do. Uh, John, eh? you really feel keen about this subject, don't you? Well, I said how I feel. Uh, well, you know, uh, I'm real glad you feel that way, John. What? Uh, because at the men's committee meeting just now, they were wondering who was proper to make the talk to the boys at the box supper. And, uh, 
I told him I'd try and find the right man, and uh, I think I found him. Oh, now, now, see here. What I say to you is one thing. <laughs> the benefit is for Illyria, no, John. Oh, wait a minute. No, I'm no kind of a talker, except when I'm riled. <laughs> it's not till Saturday. You can spend all that time getting riled. Uh, no, no, Will. Oh. Oh. John Reed, you talk too dad blame much. <laughs> Okay, Maggie. I give up. Where'd you put it this time? Put what? The copy paper. Wait a minute. Maggie, we use copy paper every day. How come you keep it locked up? Because last week we used seven reams, and the week before, nine reams, and the week before... Seven reams? Nine reams? Well, Maggie, at 500 sheets of ream... 516 sheets of ream. I'll bet we're running neck and neck with the New York dailies, and we publish a six-page paper once a week. Why, that's crazy. It's worse than that. It's expensive. You haven't taken any home or or given any to anybody, have you? (laughs) No, I haven't. We don't use it in the shop. Well, with John living in the press room the way he does, burglary seems a little out of the question. I haven't taken it. You haven't taken it. It leaves John. Only I asked him about it. He said he didn't do any of the writing around here, just the rewriting. He has a small point. But he didn't say he didn't take the paper. Well, he didn't say he did. John wouldn't take it. That's ridiculous. He wouldn't steal it. I'd be stealing. But uh, he's a funny old goat, Maggie. A year ago, I'd have said he wouldn't tell me how to write editorials either. But you just can't tell about John. Well, I'm not going to mention it to him again. Well, I'll do it. A little later on, maybe. John and I had our run-in for the week yesterday. Hello, Daddy. Miss Button. Afternoon. <laughs> Hello, Jill, honey. Howdy, Hello, Doc. you too. Uh, my girlfriend here has a problem. I can't answer it for her exactly, so I decided to bring her to an authority. Oh, well, now, Jill, <clears throat> what do you want to know? I want to know it from Miss Button. She's the authority. That's my girl. Makes you feel great, doesn't it, Will? Oh, I'm getting kind of used to it, Doc. I've been bowing to higher authorities and better minds all week. <laughs> well, I hope I can help, Jill. What is it? About box suppers. What do you put in them? Where do you get the box? Now, how can you mark your box so somebody special will recognize it and be sure to buy it so you can eat with them? Um, can I have that one at a time, sweetie? I don't think I'm not going to mind being an authority after all. <laughs> Daddy, this is ladies' talk. If you and Doc were real gentlemen, you'd excuse yourselves. Let us have our conversation. Hmm. Well, uh, Doc, <coughs> uh, will you excuse me, ladies? Uh, oh, yes, uh, ladies, uh, excuse me, too. Where to, Doc? Well, I've got to leave some prescriptions at Epperson, in addition to which, being a natural-born gentleman, I would, of course, treat you to a nickel drink if you'd care to come along. Now, uh, that's real kind of you. And uh, being a gentleman myself, I wouldn't offend you by refusing. My, it takes a long time to be a gentleman, doesn't it, Miss Button? (laughs) In some cases, Jill, it takes a lifetime. After you, Doctor. Thank you kindly, Mr. Rogers. They're funny, aren't they? Sometimes funny, sometimes downright peculiar. Now, you want to know what to put in a box supper, is that right? Mm Mm-hmm. Something Daddy would like especially. Well, I think fried chicken would be nice, and... uh, Oh, if you get Mrs. Weatherwax to help you, she'll wrap some hot rolls with butter on them. 
And, uh, let's see now, um... A pickled peach? Fine. And he likes coleslaw. And chocolate cake. That's right. And they'll have coffee and milk there at the church. I think that would do fine, Jill. Fried chicken, hot rolls, mm-hmm. pickled peach, chocolate cake, coleslaw. Will that be enough? Oh, I think so. Now then, how do you mark your box so we'd be sure to bid on it? Well, if I wanted someone special to buy my box supper, I think I'd tie it with them. Oh, a different kind of a ribbon. Most people use red ribbon or blue. Maybe a yellow ribbon, like the one you have in your hair. That's what I'd do. Tie it with a yellow ribbon, and then I'd talk a lot about yellow ribbons in front of him and just sort of hope he got the idea. Well, maybe. Only do you think Daddy would get the idea? I mean, I'd want to be so sure. Well, I tell you, suppose we both talk about yellow ribbons in front of him. You think that would do it? Oh, yes, if you'd help me. Of course I will, sweetie. Gee, that's swell. Well, now, that wasn't so hard to fix, was it? No, thanks to you, Miss Button. And she'll be so pleased. Hmm? I just know it means a lot to her. Now I can tell her what he likes to eat and how to mark the box. Now, you'll talk about yellow ribbons, uh, too. Jill, honey, who'll be so pleased? Letty Parmenter. Letty? You're not making up this box supper for your daddy? I mean, we're going to talk him into bidding for Letty Parmenter's supper? Mm-hmm. She's such a good cook. Daddy deserves a good meal. Why? I think you're right, sweetie. I think your daddy deserves the whole thing. listening to Rogers of the Gazette, starring Mr. Will Rogers, Jr. We'll return to tonight's story in just a moment. But first, tomorrow night, James and Pamela Mason in Cyrano de Bergerac on Thursday Theater. It's going to be a drama to remember on Thursday Theater tomorrow night on most of these same CBS radio stations. And now we continue with the second act of tonight's show. Morning, Maggie. Shh. What's the matter? Shh. Come back here, very quietly. What are you listening to, Maggie? I'm not sure. You listen and tell me. Here, I'll open the door just a little bit more. I see. Without equivocation, no, no. Well, try again now. If fellow Illyrians, old folks, young people. I've been asked to say a few words to you tonight because... Uh, because, uh... No, no, that's a fool idea anyway. Me talking there in front of all those people. They don't know me. I don't know them. That's a fool idea. When I shut my face off to Will, I'll try again. <clears throat> Young people, uh, kids. Now listen, Kids. I got a speech here, and, um, as far as I'm concerned, you can take it and blame the half-wit ideal. Poor 
poor old John. He's been going on like that ever since I came in this morning. Man, I wouldn't miss this box supper for anything in the world. <laughs> After all the bad times John's given me, I'm going to plant myself right up there in the front row and give him an awful time of it. I feel sorry for him. Don't you do it. Anyone can unload as many opinions on me as he does. You can just stand up there and make them public. Well, you've got to admit it. His editorial has changed everyone's attitude about what kind of a benefit this is tomorrow night. Yeah, you bet it has. You know that old guy. <laughs> if I ever learn a tenth as much about newspapers as he knows, I'll be in line for the Pulitzer Prize. <laughs> you uh, didn't happen to ask him about the copy paper. No, he's got enough problems right now. Well, I'll do that as soon as he gets his speech out of his system. Never saw you wear a hair ribbon before, Maggie. No. No, you didn't. I never thought I was the type. But uh, just recently, I sort of thought I'd like to try it. Mm, looks nice. Thank you. It's yellow. Yeah, I see that it is. I don't think there's anything like a yellow ribbon. Do you? Oh, I don't know, Maggie. They're nice enough as ribbons go. But to tell you the truth, ribbons don't mean much to me one way or another. They will. How's that? I just mean... Maybe they'll come to mean something to you. I started to say maybe they'll grow on you, but that'd be silly. Yeah, it would. Funny thing, you know, Jill had a yellow ribbon on this morning at breakfast. Isn't that a coincidence? I guess so. She went on and on about it, and did I notice it, and told me it was yellow, and just, just like you did, as if I was colorblind or something, and kept at it. You know, like there was something special all of a sudden about a yellow ribbon. Well, all I know is the very best things I've ever received in boxes were tied with yellow ribbon. I don't understand it. Just this morning, I've been given more thought and attention to yellow ribbons than I have in my whole life up to now. I just never knew there was so much to them. Well, I hope we haven't overdone it. I mean, I hope you won't tire of yellow ribbons soon. Oh, it's not that important. It's just uh, funny, that's all. Uh-huh. Oh, uh, by the way, these mats came this morning. Well, I'll take them back to John and check them over with him. He ought to be through rehearsing by now. John, these news service mats come in this morning, and I... John? Hey, John, where are you? John, I... Good Lord. Maggie, call Doc. Something's happened to John. Easy does it now. Oh, boy, he's more than he looks like he does. Yeah, under the bed now. Okay. You see, he's quite a load. Now then, let me take a look. Is he unconscious, Doc? Fainted, maybe. This stuff ought to bring him around. Well, Doc, if he, if he ought to be in the hospital or anything, I sure want him to be there. We'll see, we'll see. Anything I can do? Yes, you can stand back out of my light for one thing. Oh, sorry. And get some water from the cooler over there, will sure, you? Sure, sure. Yeah. Here you go, Doc. Thanks. And quit shaking. You'll spill all over. Yeah. Sorry, Doc, but I... Yeah, I know, I know. Now, just keep your head. Here, now, see if we can take a swallow of this. Mm-hmm. He sounds like he's hurt, Doc. Uh, Maybe hit his head or something when he fell. Yeah, there are no bruises that I can see. Let me check his pulse again. Uh, a little better. Looks like he's trying to say something. Uh, where, where, 
happen? Where? Now, take it easy, John. Don't hmm? try to talk. Uh, is it okay if I officiate here, Dr. Rogers? Oh, sure. Go ahead. Thank you very much. Hmm. That you, Doc? Yeah. How's it going, John? Oh, oh. Spots before my eyes. Headache. Oh, it's awful. Weak. Very weak. It yeah, seems very weak, too. Well, this is pretty bad, I think. Is it, Doc? Oh, oh, oh. yes, sir. It's a pretty bad case, oh. all right. Oh, golly, Doc, you know, uh, I don't know what to say. Poor old devil, you know. It's not right for him to be living in a corner of the press room. Seems like I ought to had a better place to live, you know. I feel now like I ought have insisted he stayed up at the house with Jill and me. We could have looked after Don't him and Don't lay yourself it. bare, Will. Just be glad you were on hand. I, <laughs> I know I wouldn't have missed this for anything. <laughs> What's the matter with you, Doc? Worst case of it I ever saw. <laughs> or haven't you ever had stage fright? Stage fright? Yeah. Complicated by the desperations. You'd try anything to get out of giving that speech tomorrow night, wouldn't you, John? You're darn right I wouldn't. Doc, are you sure? I never had a pulse as good as his when I was a growing boy. Well, you can both get out of here now. I got work to do. John Reed, someday I... What kind of a shabby trick was this, anyway? Right on the par with that speech-making trick you pulled on me. Now, get out of here before I pick one of you up and and, and, then knock the other down. (laughs) Don't cross him, Will. He could do it. There you are, Maggie. Some doings, isn't it? I never saw such a crowd. I've just checked with all the concessions and game booths. They're all doing a booming business. Yeah, they'll make a hat full of money for the boys tonight, all right. Haven't seen John anywhere, have you? Uh, no, and I don't especially want to see him. Oh, now, Maggie, he gave us a bad scare yesterday pulling that swooning act of his, but I think we can forgive him for that. It's not that. I... Oh, let's not talk about it now. I, I think I'll wander over by the box supper booth and see if they need any help. Stick around. John ought to be giving his big speech any time now. We want to be right up in the front row. I'll hear it all right. What's wrong, Maggie? Well, I... I don't think this is the time to go into it, Will. Oh, come on now. Something's chewing away at you. You better tell me about it. Well, I don't know what to make of it exactly, but... Well, I should have minded my own business, only... I wanted him to feel right about making the talk tonight and all. John? Uh Uh-huh. I didn't know whether he'd have a clean shirt or a tie, so I just went back to his diggings in the press room late this afternoon when he was out. I looked in that old trunk of his. Oh, I wish I'd never started this. Come on now, Maggie. Will, he must have 20 reams of copy paper stashed away in that trunk. What on earth would John want with it? I don't know, but he's got it. And what bothers me, he's he's been so darn sneaky about it. Taking it a little bit at a time, never once asking either one of us for it. Well, I, well, I don't understand it at all. Well, I don't either. I didn't want to tell you tonight, Will, but... <laughs> no, that's all right. I ought to know about it. Ladies and gentlemen, <coughs> uh, folks, 
If you'll just quiet down now... Is Doc going to introduce John? I guess so. Thank you kindly. I have the honor to introduce Mr. John Reed of the Illyria Weekly Gazette, who's been asked to give us the benefit of a few choice words. Hey, come on out, John. Oh, never mind that. Never mind. <laughs> what I have to say won't take long. And don't get set to laugh. I'm not a hand to be funny. <laughs> uh, you hear a lot nowadays about underprivileged kids. Yeah, I heard someone on the street the other day referred to the boys at Willoughby Farm as underprivileged kids. I say that's not so. We got a few underprivileged adults in town who ought to take time out and learn something about the privileged kids out at Cora Willoughby's. That's right, privileged kids. They got their youth, their lives ahead of them, the chance to work and dream, and a lifetime to do it in. I call that privilege. And I say some of us underprivileged adults ought to know more about these youngsters. <laughs> no, 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 never mind that. No, never mind. Now, me and Mr. Rogers, we run the Weekly Gazette, and we decided that you boys ought to have your own column in the paper every week to give us the privilege of knowing more about you. So... Me and Mr. Rogers, we want to give you boys that lifetime supply of copy paper stacked over there on the right side of the stage. Now, write us anything that's on your mind. We'll see it gets in the paper, me and Mr. Rogers. And, uh, uh, well, uh, thanks, uh, I guess. Well, I'll be... Hey, Maggie, where are you going? Off somewhere. Have a nice, sneaky cry. And what am I paying for this fine-looking box supper? Tied with a big yellow ribbon. I'll bid a dollar, Maggie. Well, you come on sort of strong, don't you, Will? One dollar from Mr. Will Rogers. Do I hear a higher bid? Uh, two dollars. Bidding against yourself? What's the matter with you? I gotta buy this supper, Doc. It's either Maggie's or Jill's. Two dollars. Do I hear three? Three dollars, Maggie. And let's start closing it out there, huh? <laughs> uh, you're pretty sure it's Maggie's or Jill's. Going. Yeah, they've been talking about nothing but yellow ribbons to me for four days. Going. That's the only supper box up there with a yellow ribbon on it. Sold to Mr. Will Rogers for three dollars. Three dollars. Will the lady who made this supper take it to Mr. Rogers? Uh, Will, son... Try to remember that this is a benefit for Illyria, will you, boy? Sure, Doc, only... Oh, my God, no! <laughs> Mr. Rogers, you want me? <laughs> yeah, go on, Letty, just let yourself go. I feel a little hysterical oh. myself. <laughs>
just heard Rogers of the Gazette, starring Mr. Will Rogers, Jr., with Georgia Ellis as Maggie Button. Tonight's story was written by Kathleen Height and produced and transcribed by Norman MacDonald. Featured in the cast were John Daner, Parley Bear, Mary McGovern, and Vivi Janice. The special music was composed by Rene Garagank and conducted by Wilbur Hatch. new series, Meet Mr. McNutley, starring Ray Milan, kicks off tomorrow night in most of these same CBS radio stations. This is Roy Rowan speaking. And remember, you meet comedy when you meet Millie, Thursday nights on the CBS radio network. <laughs>